Hey, I am Alan McGuire. Uh, I'm one of the co-hosts of Juvenalia, along with Sarah Maria Griffin and Ellen Tannum. Juvenalia is a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when they were young. And this is part two of our roundup of 2019. So same as part one, um, it's going to give you a little minute or two of each of the episodes from the second half of the year. If you're new to the show, you can just have a listen to that, see if we might be the kind of thing you might like. If you already listened to the show and you skipped some episodes because they're about things you weren't familiar with, maybe you'll realize you should have gone back and listened to them. Who knows? Uh, I don't like it's fine if you didn't listen to them, it's grand. Um, no, it is fine, it is fine. But, uh, yeah, so we'll play three episodes now. I'll jump back in, tell you about the next three episodes, and so on and so forth until we're done. So, uh, first episode is. Uh, about School of Rock with uh, Sean O'Reilly, who is an illustrator who you might be familiar with from Chump Scene. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, then we have Bosco with um, Ellen Coyne, the fantastic journalist. This episode, uh, Bosco actually heard this episode and got in contact with us to correct the record. Uh, in the clip, you'll hear Ellen saying that Bosco confirmed their pronouns. Bosco told us that Bosco has not confirmed their pronouns. Bosco is just a Bosco. Um, but it was a nice bit of the podcast, so that's what we included here. And then we have Oprah with um writer um Sarah Haggy, um who was brilliant. And so have a listen to those, and then we'll be back to you in a minute. All that kind of like what are some examples of bands on the soundtrack? Uh, like Motorhead, ACDC, yeah, uh, Led Zeppelin. I'm not like a huge fan of any mm-hmm. of them, but like there are certain songs, you know, like maybe ACDC's biggest. Songs yeah, or whatever. That's just like people kind of know, and it like shaped maybe. The pandemic, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're definitely a phase. They're like a launch pad. Yeah, for exactly. a lot of people, I think. Which is what it was. I, I think most teen boys have a Led Zeppelin phase. Mm-hmm. They have like Led Zeppelin, Radiohead, or Doors phase. Whoa. And and you only have one of those. I is think. that your alignment chart? I think it is actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think mine might have been Led Zeppelin. Though. Yeah, and I was radio. Yeah. I was radio. Wow, okay. Mine yeah, was yeah. Doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. went, went through a very serious Jim Morrison period in, in school, but uh, that's hilarious. It is an alignment chart. That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Avant garde. Yeah. And the fact that like they were able to like when I say they repeated it until 1998, I read that apparently they did it until the tapes literally disintegrated. Like they just played it over and over and over. Mm. And even though Bosco was technically cancelled at the end of the eighties, he like. <laughs> The first, the first cancellation. Although, like, I feel like he was pretty woke in terms of, like, gender identity and stuff. Like, his, Bosco, so, okay, Bosco, in an abstract term, if you didn't grow up with it, can look kind of terrifying. Like, his very plain-faced puppet. And apparently that was because, like, I thought Bosco was kind of, like, a spooky, like, paranormal being. Like, he was just, like, a, a... I don't know, a, like a supernatural thing. A box, yeah. But he was supposed to be based on like a five-year-old child and that's why they kept the gender neutral so that oh. the kids could like project, little girls could be like he's a little girl and little boys could be like he's a little boy. And that's why the face was so plain as well. But Bosco revealed in like 2015 in an interview with an Irish radio station that he actually was. He identified as he, him. Oh. So he's like... All right, Bosco. Yeah, so the gender thing came out in like 2015. Oh, that's such a shame. I liked yeah. the mystery. I enjoyed yeah, that. I feel like know? that was a big kind of like debate about Bosco big Irish question I think for many years it's yeah. like what's the crack of Bosco because yeah. Bosco to me was always just a Bosco yeah yeah, yes. Yes. you're you know? so right yes. you're so right because it's weird that I'm a few years older than you but that whole thing of having a computer in the centre of your living space as a kid is so real as well. Like it's this huge, it's this piece of very uh, like prominent furniture of the sort of late nineties, early noughties, where like if you're using the internet for however like 
for like 20 minutes or half an hour or however long you can afford to give up your phone time, the whole family is bearing witness to your use of the internet, you know? It's very central. Yeah, there was no real privacy, I guess. Also, um, there were so many things, like scary things that I first heard of on Oprah, like, mm. like oh, if you get kidnapped and you get taken to a second location, you're probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of trauma and like, I remember like watching an episode and learning that like if you do get taken to the second location, like like leaving as much of a trail as possible or like getting the <laughs> the kidnappers <laughs> blood under your nails and being like, Oh yeah, that's so smart and like, <laughs> Thank you, Oprah. Just, yeah. hey. hey, it's Adam again. Um hope you enjoyed those three little bits. Next up we have two thousand AD with Patrick Frame, uh, of the Irish Times. Uh this is from a little bit later in the episode where we had uh, moved on to general thoughts about fandoms and such. And this is Patrick's thoughts about the finale of Breaking Bad is in this clip. Uh, then we have Hercules, uh, Disney's Hercules with Rena Gallagher. Um, this was a very popular episode. Rena was an absolute delight. Um, can't remember which clip I chose for this, but it's all good. There is, I like... It's an hour and 17 minutes of Hercules talk in that episode and every bit of it is very enjoyable. And then finally for this section, we have Star Trek The Original Series with Lucy Vine, uh, author and podcaster Lucy Vine. Uh, now, the sound quality in this one isn't great and that is entirely down to me. Um, I, Cassie, our producer, set us up in the studio and had to leave. And then I accidentally turned the gain up too high on Lucy's microphone because uh, she was on the phone to us and then I actually turned off my microphone so that was professional of me but it's a really good episode and um, we had a really good chat and Lucy's great so I hope you will check that one out um, yeah talk to you in a sec but it's like the same thing happened with um, Breaking Bad and, oh, yeah. and, and then the last episode of Breaking Bad is total fan service for the mm. bad fans because there's people you're not men you really really aren't I hate being prescriptive but I'm going to say this you really really aren't meant to watch Breaking Bad and go it's badass he became a drug dealer yeah. like but there's a lot of people who watched it thinking that you're meant to like I think some people got this message about uh, fiction that you have to identify with the lead character and consequently mm. no matter what they do as long as they're winning you're happy and the, it's not the always a total episode. mirror it's a piece of a mirror it's not meant to reflect it's meant to make you consider and it's meant to distort yeah. and inform and invoke curiosity it's not always meant to be about you Finton you know what I mean like <laughs> but the last episode like they, even the fact that they brought in I know we're moved away from 2018 now we're on Breaking Bad okay we do this we're all we're in the big bracket we're yeah. in the big bracket so in Breaking Bad they did something really cheap in the last season they brought in a bunch of nazis who were really really bad and that allowed you to they actually that encourages you to root for walt who isn't a good person at all watched, but he yeah. gets this out in the last series where you're allowed to enjoy him killing nazis mm. so that the bad fans can go ah he's so badass i watched the first two episodes and i found them i think they really made an effort to take the look of Grecian urns mm. and it's like they, they showed Angles. him a lot in yeah. there but it yeah, is like yeah. the fact that he can like map the Hercules character directly onto an urn at several times yeah. I think times. I, yeah. think when I thought of it recently it was my son Moana and the way that directed Maui... by those same directories no way mm -hmm. 
There we go. go. Yeah. Because when you see the way that Maui has the tattoos of the story of his mythology on his body, like obviously it's from a different um, like geographic region and a different history. Yeah. But it's, I can see the thread. Yeah. Going from something like Hercules, yeah. which again, because it's mythology related, makes sense. But even those angles and those mm. shapes and that just the tattoos. I mean, it looks different. Like you know, yeah. it does. It stands out of the Disney film that doesn't look like other Disney films, mm. like Beauty and Beef, Cinderella. The Lion King, you know, snake waist, big eyes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, they look quite similarly, like very cartoony, whereas I don't think Hercules looks, well, it doesn't look like that. Like, it's mm. so different. Meg in particular is totally different. Her body is so different. She has this yeah. random, like, her weird her angles. Angles. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, is it a yeah. hip? Is it her bum? It's is it part a, of the dress? It's like, like a don't, sash. I don't always understand. think about that weird sash because I had a Meg doll. I had like a Barbie oh, of Meg. Cool. Do not know where it came from or who got it for me, but I fucking had one. And I loved the, the, the dress on it. And it had the yoke, but I remember distinctly holding it and going, what is that? Like? What do you put? Do you yeah. do you put like a bot like a bottle of coke in there? Like what? Do you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what do you, do you do have a function? Do I rest you know? something on you? And the way that like you know you watch all these beautiful videos like from the the past of uh, the figure models for like Tinkerbell mm. or and you can see these beautiful black and white videos of them modeling the bodies. And there's this 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 attempt to kind of capture, especially with the the, the princess canon of the A list, to. Uh, capture the fluidity of this this inverted commas very particular feminine form whereas Meg is very stiff mm. and very like her hair is just like a solid ma- it doesn't yeah. move, there's mm. no the way that they move is inhuman and stylized yeah. and fucking gorgeous she kind of like glides along really, yeah. like the way she walks she's especially. like Jessica Rabbit's like mean sister yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh you do yeah. you, I think yeah. there's definitely a leg yeah. moment you know yeah. like they, they're not above above like doing doing a sex thing upon her but um, it's definitely different from that yeah. um, infantilized yeah. princessy mm. shit that, oh that like I definitely think so I like really fancied hero Hercules as a child you know mm. when you're like I don't know why I feel like this, but, but I feel mm, a bit funny about something. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really know what it is. And I think my sister definitely fancied Meg. Like we talked mm. about this. I was like, I fancied her too. And she was like, well, I fancied Meg. So that's understandable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a very attractive cartoon. I definitely prefer William Shatner as the captain. Yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Although the studio apparently did want to keep, um, the, the only two characters they wanted to keep were um, Pike and... Um, and Spock so I think Jeffrey Hunter had already like committed to do other things or something though or mm. didn't want to do it so it could have been a Captain Pike <laughs> it would have been a completely different show he's a bland yeah 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 he's more conventionally yeah. handsome he's more Hollywood handsome whereas Kirk has, is a, like a weird he's a like, strange Mar- looking Brando-y face kind of, yeah 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 yeah. Oh, yes, very Marlon Brando. He's kind of he? weathered yeah. looking. Like he looks like he's been standing out in the rain for forty days. <laughs> he just got in and he's like sheared a sheep for you and made a woolen jumper. Yeah. You know, just off the top of my head, this isn't something I've been thinking about it from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he's like in the same shot as Joe Collins, you're like, oh, he's actually quite old. Yes. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, and he's wearing a lot of makeup. Yeah. There's a lot of makeup on all of them, really, actually. <laughs> Some of the close-ups of um, of Spock, I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you've got, like, they just trailed it on. And I don't know whether it's because the the version on Netflix, I think, is like a retouched or a remastered Yeah, they read one. all the effect shots and stuff. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. maybe it, it just sort of brings it more to light all of the kind of dinky set stuff and, like, makeup stuff. Oh, yeah, like we're watching it on television, like, Three, yeah. four times the size of what I was watching on the yeah. TV. So, yeah. yeah. You don't want to watch it in HD. You're making a mistake. No, there. no. <laughs> Have you watched the new ones? Me again. Um, 
yeah, so much like episode one, I am once again on my sofa with two sleepy dogs uh, with Christmas decorations around me. Um, I hope you're enjoying the stuff so far. Three more bits for you now. Um, next up is um, Paul Dwan talking about the enemy in the 1980s. This clip is talking about Danny Baker and um, the loss of working class autodidacts. It's a really interesting episode. He is a fascinating man. And uh, for that episode and the Star Trek episode, we had a guest co-host, which was Andrea Cleary. Uh, and um, we love Andrea. She's brilliant. And she was a very good co-host. So thank you to Andrea for that as well. Uh, after that, we have Disney's Aladdin with uh, producer and sound man Burr Quinn. So in this bit, uh, Burr is dropping some sound man knowledge on us and producer knowledge on us, talking about um, auto-tune and voice training for celebrities for these kind of animated films. Um, very interesting. Um, it's just, it was nice to talk about Aladdin. It was a good time. We had a, we had a lot of fun. And then finally for this bit, um, we have Sarah Corcoran from Pillow Queens um, talking about Cruel Intentions. And yeah, Sarah was a delight. I've known Sarah for a while and she is a very good person. So we were delighted to have her on the show. Uh, so that's those three little bits. And back to you in a sec. They, were, they weren't making any money. Yeah. Oh yeah, like the whole working class autodidact thing doesn't, doesn't really happen anymore. No. Whereas it's it was the 80s pretty much. It was yeah. like from from Danny Baker up to Jarvis Cocker like it's just yeah, and like Vic Reeves even it's all mm. no, it doesn't happen it's all that's yeah. for people now Danny Baker's an interesting one because when I started reading the NME it was the last years he was writing for it and he was the only person writing about soul music the only person writing about mm. black music and it was kind of I mean I think they gave him leeway because he had been early he was one of the original punk guys who had a fanzine called Sniff and Glue and it was absolutely seminal and he kind of they couldn't criticise him but you know he was going off to to spend a month with Earth, Wind and Fire and write a six-page article about, you know, which was brilliant. And I was reading it going, this is amazing. Nobody else is writing. Or he discovered, I think he was the first person to write about Prince in the UK. And people hated that. I mean, they just really, they they were like, why can't you go back to writing about The Stranglers or something like that? Yeah. You know? um, and it's kind of, it, it, it made me aware, I mean, there was no kind of racial... Um, tension in Ireland. The only people who were non-white that I knew were Indian doctors who, you know, come to town, you know. But you'd read about this and you'd kind of go, okay, well, it seems like race is a very hot topic in, mm. you know, for the, even in a very kind of, even for the kind of educated studenty kind of middle class who would definitely be the audience for the NME, they were very iffy about what they considered to be disco or, yeah. you know, pointless, this kind of pointless black music that doesn't have any intellectual content. Mm. So that it was fascinating that he kind of threw himself into that deliberately mm. and kind of, again, eventually parted ways with the NME because they just didn't want to do it anymore. They weren't mm. interested in Michael Jackson, you know? Yeah. Which is another Mencken one. Oh, was it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Couple of fucking bangers entangled now. Yeah. I have to say, Tangled's a bit of a is a great one. one. Uh, the one with the... the I can hear it in the back of my head when the kids I used to nannies put on all the time and the name has gone out of my head but she's putting the lanterns in the sky. The sad one. Oh, oh yeah. Do you know what bam. I mean? Yeah. Oh, I can hear it, I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple of sneaky bangers in, mm. in, in Tangled, all right. Um, I do think, though, my call on the the gold of those old or Disney films, especially Aladdin and, like, The Little Mermaid and um, is that there wasn't really any auto-tune. The singers oh, yeah. were singing. Oh, hugely. Mm. That was another thing with the new Aladdin movie. Fuck is that. Like I can hear it in my Horrifically auto tuned. It, that's, my hair goes on end. Like, that's a big no no. And for you me. know, that's what, what blows my mind is 
like I get that some, sometimes these big list, A-list actors aren't particularly good singers. There's a if you put the work in, you can make someone sound like they can sing without it sounding auto tuned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It like it, it really is. When I listen to, especially listening to something like Glee, where they were all actually trained singers and it was still auto tuned, it was just done for speed because yeah. they had to bang out a, an mm-hmm. episode every week. Uh, like if you if you put the work in and and use some kind of other like auto tunes kind of used as as the the verb now but there's much better software out there that 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 can do more natural sounding um you can put the work in and make it still make it sound natural but it's just a time thing you actually have to go in and like look at it note by note rather than just hitting this button and it all just it's probably part of them getting celebrities into the voices now where they can't let their ego do it whereas before when it was just uh voice actors who were like, voice actors? Who just voice actors? They, they, so like Aladdin singing voice and Jasmine singing voice aren't the actors. It's uh, Aladdin, is, isn't it? No, Aladdin isn't. Yeah, it looks right. Like, yeah, and Lisa Longa, the Jasmine Longa, as well. Yeah, who's she's in um, uh, Crazy Ass Girlfriend. Yeah, she's great in that. And yeah. she plays uh, she plays part of someone who's had this hit in the early nineties, yeah. which I think is very funny. Who's she in Crazy Ass Girlfriend? She's the aunt. She's Josh's aunt. She's in like the fina- season one finale, pretty much. I'm she's the one who really keeps singing the same song over and over again <laughs> at, at the parties. I really, really liked the first couple of seasons of that, and I don't remember. I whoa, agree. I didn't I didn't yeah, retain yeah. any of it though. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> couple of major, but ba- like again, singing people who are actually yeah. fucking singing, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's it's fun to look at and fun to listen to when mm. you're like, oh, that's a person doing a thing with a talent. That that being said, like uh, on onto your point about like bringing in the A-listers, like Robin Williams's bits yeah. are great. They're sung really well. Yeah. Like it's it's him. It's very clearly him. Oh yeah, it's totally him. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like full of personality and that was mm. like uh, when I'm recording people, I I think a lot of producers will focus so much on like getting it note perfect or a lot mm. of singers as well. They're like mm. we it needs to be like the pitching needs to be perfect. It's like no, I want to get your personality coming through on Yeah. yeah. And and he comes through so well on his songs and he does his little voices and he you know, plays mm. these different characters. But sounds like he's enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, really. And it doesn't sound processed. It doesn't no. sound like put together at all. It sounds supernatural. Uh, and maybe, and it, it most likely was not the case. It probably was heavily edited, but... And a lot of work. A lot of work. Mm. They a put lot the cuts. work in and... Oh yeah, for his like spoken parts, they would just give him the topic of the scene that him improvise for however long. Fuck off. And then they would yeah. take the bits they wanted and cut that into the actual dialogue of the scene. That's bananas. Yeah, so it, it wasn't eligible for a screenplay Oscar because, because it wasn't the he won so best editing Oscar. Yeah, and he got a special achievement Oscar personally, Robin Williams. Did oh, he? Oh no, Golden Globe, sorry. Special what? achievement, right. Golden Globe. Yeah, yeah. The whole, that's, which is really rare for a cartoon where they... That's really... I didn't know that at all. You see, you forget that things like that could happen. Do you know that like... Yeah, so tell us about... Um, like, how did it impact you as a person who makes work? Like as a aesthetically, like did it in terms of your own work? Did it did it push you towards making music, or like how did it influence the kind of work that you make today? It's it's funny. I'm, I mean, I am a musician, but like I've gone to college to be a filmmaker. So like that was right. something that I've always loved. Like I did, well, I did communications as my my BA, and then I did a master's in film and TV. So I've always like loved film generally, but when I would tell people like oh I'm doing a master's in film and they'd be like well what are some of your favourite movies and like Cruel Intentions would be something that would still like kind of come creep out to I'd want to say it and I'm like I can't say that like mm. I worked in the Irish Film Institute for like seven years as well and people are like wow you know you must have seen like this wealth of incredible cinema like what are some of your favourites and I'm like Cruel Intentions Clueless <laughs> Free Willy The Lion King you know like and that just never changed in me mm. and I was like I don't know what's wrong with me that I can't seem to get out of that but like I 
for me like watching movies and like that whole experience is about like the enjoyment of it it's the aesthetic it's the soundtrack it's like whether you relate to it or whether it's just an escape like I don't really watch movies to be challenged and that's like a, probably a terrible thing for no, me to it's say not. and it's like it's the this, truth. this is where we that do is that the most yeah. Right? Yeah. Shit I've ever heard. yeah yeah I'm so <laughs> exhausted life is so challenging it is you know? I don't need more of that you know what I mean no. like you're, you can get enough of that just walking through life so mm-hmm. you can just switch something on and be like okay I'm gonna enjoy watching this I'm gonna enjoy this crap that's nothing to do with my life and just drift away and that is so lovely for me so I then when I went to try and make movies I was like the kind of movies I want to make are crap like I can't pitch this stuff to the film board they're going to be like no that sounds terrible but it's based on an 18th century French novel <laughs> except it's set in the Gale talk and it's, about, <laughs> it's about emotional manipulation <laughs> like there are ways that you can there are I mean, ways yeah, you frame it like. there are there are um, but yeah so it definitely like it it had an influence on that for me and yeah I mean getting introduced to that kind of music like my, I grew up in a in a household that didn't really listen to music like none Same, of my like, yeah. just no interest like my sister still would be like no I don't really like music um, which I can't understand but I'm um, that I'm that person eight months of the year and then yeah. uh, four months a year I'm like I remember I was, I was saying this yeah. around, it's like I remember music exists now I had it yesterday I was like oh shit I thought you were going to be Whoa. like and then Christmas FM comes on the air or something I was like oh, really? Really? is my favourite song but you did uh, post that on Instagram just yesterday yeah it's yeah. my favourite song oh yeah. wow and, really? yeah it's my favourite song um, so that's actually not a joke not even a little bit it's my favourite song uh, I think it's one of the best songs I've written brilliant <laughs> yeah, five people to death but um, yeah I, I definitely would be that person as yeah. well who was just like I am um, all right um, so finally we have for you uh, last three clips we have Nee Farrell from Ham Sandwich talking about Empire Records, which is an amazing film if you're over 30. If you are under 30, it is trash. If you're over 30, it's amazing. It's a very clear older millennial, younger millennial uh, generational marker. Um, but we had a lot of fun talking about it, a lot of fun rewatching it. Um, and Cassie Delaney was our guest co-host for that one. Our producer Cassie stepped in because Sarah... Uh, couldn't join us for that one and Cassie also joined us on the next one which is where we talked to Christine Bowen of the journal about Ina Blyton and all the things about Ina Blyton so in this clip um, we are talking about uh, George and Anne from the famous five and Ina Blyton's attitude towards them and how they make uh, young girls feel Um, that was a very interesting episode to do as well and then finally, our last episode um, of 2019, besides our Christmas special, which we're not including here, uh, was Jen O'Dwyer from The Creep Dive and Mother of Pod talking to us about her um, her journey on the internet, growing up on the internet in the 90s. Um, this, this is a rude bit. Um, if, you do, if you are listening to this with kids, you should turn it off now um, because this bit is about... Uh, adult situations so yeah turn it off before a gender orbit if you have small children or any children older children as well nobody is safe um yeah listen to those and then i'll be back to say goodbye to you because i uh, i don't know when to leave but yeah it is like kind of if i'm a teenager that's where i want to be yeah uh 100 i like that was my when i watched the movie it was like this is what i want to do I want to work in a music shop and hang around with all these different kinds of people from different walks of life and stuff like that but uh, yeah really and the, the kind of whole romantic element of it as well 
like I was kind of mad into, you know, that whole romance of like, you know, two best friends and one of them's in love with the other one and yeah. stuff like that. So I was very dramatic when I was younger, you know what yeah. I mean? Mm. So it was like that really appealed to me, that whole kind of like, I need to tell her by 137 that yeah. I love her and stuff. And like all the little speeches and stuff that they do. And like when I rewatched it there, it was it was mad because I was as I was watching, I was like, I used to know this nearly this whole film off by heart. Mm. Like I used to just quoted in my daily life like having yeah. conversations with people you know I'd say I mean? those quotes were just lost just lost on people like but I was obsessed I was really really obsessed with with, with the movie so it was very strange it was very strange actually watching it back it was like opening up my chest and having a little peek yeah. back mm. at who I who I was back when I watched it do you know what I mean it's yeah. really strange I suppose if you're bringing a lot of your own um, feelings to mm. it then it becomes a much deeper film but yeah. like watching it this morning for the first time it was so like it's very very surface level yeah oh, big but, time mm. yeah but I can see why as a teenager I would have been so like I would have been in love with AJ <laughs> yeah. I would have been like this guy <laughs> oh my God, he's yeah. deep he's an artist he's in love like he is traumatised he's like yeah. exactly halfway between Kurt Cobain and Jonathan Taylor Thomas yeah he has yeah. Just, <laughs> the perfect mix of both for a 90s yeah. kid they just yeah. all love this great music because there's a there's a fantastic soundtrack that goes along yeah. with the yeah. film it's almost one of those films that is made to facilitate this kind of music and this yeah. soundtrack it's, I'd say the music informed a lot of the oh it was the main selling point even on the yeah. poster it didn't have they didn't have star ratings it just had this has a great soundtrack it was yeah. the, the quotes on the posters yeah um, the writer actually worked in a record shop as well so oh really? It was like a lot of was based around stuff that so happened he, to her. Yeah. Yeah. Or she it was a female writer actually. And okay. um, the soundtrack when uh, I remember having that on CD. She's th- there's ca- a couple of characters who are a little bit like George in some of the series, where mm. like the twins in in Saint Clair's, where they're like a bit rebellious. But George is the only one where like her femininity is really discussed, and you mm. know having short hair and just and kind of you know not wanting to be feminine and. It's it feels radical like to have that character there, even mm. if Enid Blyton didn't intend her to be. Especially compared to Anne, who is oh, like basically Anne. described like ironing on an island for them sometimes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> she always manages to like create food out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And she's like ten, I think. Oh, she's youngest, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, she's, she's yeah, they're, what, they're thirteen, twelve, eleven, ten. Yeah, and they? so and yeah, Anne yeah. is like the baby, but she always yeah. manages to like clean up everything and bring the food with them and have you know, look after them and do all these things. I'm like, what kind of like ten year old is doing this stuff? Mm. And also what kind of message is it sending that you know, because Anne is very much presented as the ideal. Like, oh, I yeah, remember reading yeah. it and being like, damn it, I'm never going to be like that. And it was really a sense of Anne is, you know, she's kind of weak, but as a character, but she's strong because she does all the cleaning and minds everybody. Mm. And like, I loved George so much. Like she was just so feisty and, you know, she had an island, which was yeah. incredibly <laughs> impressive when you're like growing up in a housing estate and going, yeah. OK, I just once I get my own island, everything yeah. will be OK. But bad. my darkness led me from pedo capturing into then the early sort of porn stuff, which yeah. was just you just write boobs. Yeah. And then <laughs> zero zero. Well, that's it, you know. And I, you know, whatever. So just write boobs and see what comes back. Mm-hmm. And what came back was probably at the very beginning, the, the probably three images that the whole world were looking at of just a, a nude woman's boobs. Remember that? I think another one. And you remember were... it? Da- I don't know the pictures, but I just remember waiting for the lines to download. Oh, the lines! Yeah. And imagining yeah. a world of teenage boys 
jizzing before we e- they even hit the nipple. Oh, my uh, next door neighbor, he was a couple years older than me, and he used to come home with printouts from <gasps> school that he got bought yeah. off someone else. Of That'd like, be Dan of like Terry Hatcher. <laughs> <Yeah>. Wow, <laughs> Terry Hatcher. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And like, where did that? Was it a still from a movie? It must have been. It must. Or she made it on Playboy or something like maybe in the eighties, so, yeah. maybe before she was famous. Man. Yeah. Photocopies. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But that's that's like, where that we were. Like that was at. where we were. Yeah. What else did I, I remember? There was a there was like a burrow of trees. I used to live in a, around a cul-de-sac, and there was a, somebody's stash of porn was hidden. The porn in the tree, man. I I you hear this story. Too? No, I did not. But I hear that story again and again. I have never seen porn in a tree. I porn think in it's a tree. <laughs> porn in a tree. And I don't know. I I believe you. It was a hiding place for bizarre to me that that exists. That it, that's a it real thing. It exists everywhere did. because yeah, yeah. you'd have a clubhouse. Nobody would want to take the porn home. Ah. Mm. So the porn came by way of someone's older brother, and then would end up in this clubhouse the where everyone would look at it. Yeah. And then would live in the tree. That's it. It's a porn tree. That's yeah. it. And then yeah. that's and every spring, <laughs> every spring, <laughs> fresh tits grew from the branches, and all was well. But uh, there, it, it's in a. So there we go. That is um, 2019 of Juvenalia. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who listened to an episode this year, anybody who tweeted at us, anybody who told a friend about it, um, just anybody who had a fun thought about the podcast. Really, thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. Um, we love every one of you. Yeah, if you liked, if if, if this is new all new to you and you liked what you heard, um, subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice. Tell us that this episode is why, so that I know I should keep on doing them every year. Because I'm very lazy, uh, and they do take a lot of work to get them all. So do let me know. And besides that, thank you for listening. Goodbye.